Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Burger Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, April 21st, 2022. Coming up this hour. Russia claims a key victory as Ukrainian forces remain holed up in the port city of Mariupol. The Justice Department will appeal a federal judge's ruling that lifted mask mandates on public transportation. And Tesla shares surge after the electric vehicle maker posts a record profit. Legalized pot sales begin today in New Jersey. Plus, the state of Florida clashes with its biggest tourist attraction, Walt Disney World. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshaw in Forge. The Nets blew a big lead, lost game two in Boston. The Yankees won in Detroit. The Mets lost to the Giants. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 106.1 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by BNY Mellon's Pershing. Learn why the world's most sophisticated wealth management and institutional firms rely on Pershing to help them improve profitability, create efficiency, attract talent, and manage risk at Pershing.com. And U.S. futures are higher this morning, 601 on Wall Street. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 29 points. Dow futures up 183. NASDAQ futures up 125. Ten-year Treasury down 10.30 seconds, yield 2.87%. And the yield on the two-year, 2.61%. And NYMEX crude oil is up 8 tenths percent or 79 cents at $102.97 a barrel. Nathan. Karen will have more on markets in a minute. But first, it may be a major development in the war in Ukraine. Russian President Vladimir Putin says his forces have taken the key port city of Mariupol. We get the latest now from Bloomberg's Amy Morris in our 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Russia's defense minister says more than 2,000 Ukrainian troops remain holed up in the city. Putin is calling on them to surrender. This as the U.S. imposed fresh sanctions on Russia while preparing to send another $800 million in weapons to Ukraine. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and others walked out of a Group of 20 meeting as Russian officials began addressing the gathering. Russia, meanwhile, test-fired a new intercontinental ballistic missile. But Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby says Russia told the U.S. about that test ahead of time and he doesn't consider it a threat. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. I'll turn to the pandemic now. The Florida court ruling that put a stop to mass mandates in the air will be appealed. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. The CDC has come out saying that current conditions warrant the mask mandate remain in place. The wording, it is CDC's continuing assessment that at this time, an order requiring masking in the indoor transportation corridor remains necessary for the public health. CDC believes this is a lawful order well within CDC's legal authority to protect public health. Now, remember, the Biden administration has said that if the CDC made that determination, it would appeal. The DOJ has said it is ready to move forward. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. In China, President Xi Jinping is defending his country's reliance on lockdowns to fight the pandemic despite mounting economic woes. 
We need to work together to defend people's lives and health. Safety and health are the prerequisite for human development and progress. Speaking through an interpreter, Chinese President Xi Jinping reaffirmed the underlying goal is to minimize deaths. Well, turning to markets now, Nathan shares a Tesla up almost 7% in early trading following a strong earnings report from Elon Musk's electric vehicle giant. We get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Tesla's reporting a record profit for Q1, boosted by strong demand for its electric vehicles. And despite industry-wide supply chain challenges for key components like semiconductors, and higher prices, CEO Elon Musk says Tesla should be able to make up for any production shortfalls. So to help mitigate the effect of all that, the company has been raising vehicle prices. And Musk predicts Tesla is on track to expand production to more than 1.5 million vehicles this year. That's compared with about 936,000 deliveries last year. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. We're also watching shares of United Airlines. They're up nearly 8%. As Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet reports, the carrier expects to be profitable this year. CEO Scott Kirby says the demand environment is the strongest it has been in his 30 years in the industry. United joins rival Delta in projecting a return to profitability, even as the industry grapples with dramatically higher fuel costs. Carriers have been hopeful this year would mark a rebound from the pandemic slump before the rising expenses and a brief surge in the COVID-19 Omicron variant disrupted operations in recent months. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thank you. Well, we are seeing the fallout continue this morning from the massive sell-off in Netflix shares. Billionaire investor Bill Ackman lost more than $430 million on a three-month bet on the streaming company. Ackman's Pershing Square Capital Management sold its Netflix stake after the company reported an unexpected drop in customers. Shares plunged 35% yesterday, and right now shares are down another eight-tenths percent in early trading. Turning to the economy, Karen J. Powell will have one of the final words on central bank policy outlook before the Fed enters its traditional blackout period. Powell speaks later today before an international monetary fund panel. The Fed's next policy decision comes on May 4th. Meanwhile, Nathan, San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly is speaking out on the future of interest rates. She says the central bank should raise rates to neutral by the end of the year. Moving purposefully to a more neutral stance that does not stimulate the economy that has clearly demonstrated it can self-sustain is a top priority. And this is where the question of timing comes in. How quickly should we get there? So accounting for the risks of being too fast or too slow, I see an expeditious march to neutral by the end of the year as the prudent path. And San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly made the comments at an economic conference in Las Vegas. Well, despite the rise in inflation and interest rate hikes, Karen, Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan says the consumer is holding up well. They have more money to spend, and they aren't borrowing on their lines. The credit card balance is still $20 billion off. All that says there's a lot of dry powder on the consumer side, so that's the tension. So that's the good news. I don't know what they say and worry about, but I can tell you on a given day, they're spending money and engaging the economy. Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan made the comments in an interview with Bloomberg's David Weston. Just watching this red headline cross the Bloomberg terminal, China is said to delay its uh, DD probe result after officials object. We'll be following that for you through the morning. Right now, S&P futures are up 30 points. Dow futures up 191. NASDAQ futures are higher by 130 points. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. 
Sound 607 on Wall Street, 47 degrees in Central Park, still dealing with that overturned tractor trailer on the New Jersey Turnpike. We'll get to the details in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Today, New Jersey begins selling legalized pot, but there will still be a minority of people for whom cannabis remains off limits. The police, Jersey City Mayor Steve Fulop. These guys are carrying weapons, and they need to be able to have good judgment at all times in the community to feel comfortable with that. So we're going to make the rules that are in the best interest of our community here. Jersey City Mayor Steve Fulop. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is asking the legislature to terminate a deal with Walt Disney World. DeSantis says the Walt Disney Company had no right to criticize what critics call Florida's Don't Say Gay Law. The state Senate has passed a bill to repeal a law allowing Walt Disney World to operate as a private government over its properties in the state. The Speaker of the Florida House, Representative Chris Sprouls, spoke with Bloomberg's Joe Matthew about the law. First of all, it'll, it'll allow, the, uh, allow it to be uh, given to the local governments, which is how most of these special districts are. You know, Dis- Disney is one of six special districts that was never reformed after the 1968 Florida Constitution. Uh, but most of the districts, uh, Joe, are, you know, there's a mosquito control district. There's a law library. There is nothing that is a corporation that has the ability to essentially engage in their own self-governing Spoke with our Washington correspondent, Joe Matthew, on Bloomberg Sound. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. A man is dead and a police officer critically injured in what police say was a gun investigation arrest gone bad just north of New York City. Authorities say three people police were following ducked into a small grocery store. Yonkers Police Commissioner John Muller says the officers then went inside. One of the suspects attempted to push past one of our detectives, a Yonkers detective, and, in, and when our Yonkers detective pushed him back, um, it appears that he fired one shot at our detective. Commissioner Muller says the officer lost a tremendous amount of blood, but thankfully we think he's going to be okay. The alleged gunman was shot and killed by one of the other officers. French President Emmanuel Macron last night squared off against his far-right election challenger, Marine Le Pen, in a debate ahead of Sunday's election runoff. Le Pen insists the French would be better off on purchasing power and security under her rule. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thank you. Almost 6.10 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stanchow. All right, Nathan, the Nets able to build up a 17-point lead in Game 2 in Boston. Not really because of their stars. They were led by the likes of Bruce Brown, Goran Dragic, and Seth Curry. When the Celtics caught up in the fourth quarter, the game was on the line. The Nets looked to their stars, and they failed them. Kevin Durant shot 4 for 17. He's 13 for 41 in the series. Kyrie Irving, who had a brilliant Game 1, this time shot 4 for 13. Together in the second half, they were 1 for 17, and the Celtics won 114-107, lead the series to zip. Here's Kyrie. You just got to be better moving forward uh, coming out of that, that halftime and, and knowing that when we have the lead and, and against a good team or a great team like Boston, we, we just got to take advantage of As it. As expected, Irving booed by Celtics fans every time he touched the ball. Game three, Saturday night at the Barclays Center. Philadelphia won an overtime at Toronto and went up 3 nothing in that series. Chicago won at Milwaukee to tie that series at one. Another cold night in Detroit. Another Yankee win by two runs. This time five to three. A home run for Anthony Rizzo, his fourth. Isaiah Kiner Falefa, the new shortstop, has come on since the slow start. His RBI single seventh inning gave the Yanks the lead back after the Tigers had tied it. Three hits for Detroit's 
Miguel Cabrera. He needs one more for 3,000 in his career. City Field, Giants with a quick start. Three runs in the first inning off Chris Bassett. They went on to beat the Mets 5-2. to two. Surprising news from college basketball. Jay Wright, only 60 years old. 21 years at Villanova. He's retiring, won two national championships. Villanova has already named his rights replacement Kyle Neptune, former Nova assistant, just finished his first and what will turn out to be his only season at Fordham. John Stash Hour, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thank you. Right now, S&P futures up 31 points. Down futures up 195. NASDAQ futures up 139 points. The 10-year Treasury down 930 seconds. The yield 2.86%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. More clouds than sun today with a high near 60. We'll be near 70 tomorrow under a partly to mostly sunny sky. Sunshine low 60s for Saturday. Right now 47 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures on the rise this morning as a strong start to the earnings reporting season eases fears of a recession in the world's largest economy. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures up 32 points. Dow futures up 204. NASDAQ futures up 141. The DAX in Germany is up 1.3%. Ten-year Treasury down 10.30 seconds, yield 2.87%. And the yield in the two-year, 2.61%. NYMEX crude oil is up nine-tenths of a percent, up 94 cents at $103.15 a barrel. COMEX gold down four-tenths percent, or $8.60 at 19.47 an ounce. The euro, 1.0917 against the dollar. British pound 1.3081. The yen is at 127.96. And Bitcoin this morning up more than 1.5% at $42,070. And today we are watching for the weekly report on initial jobless claims out at 8.30 Wall Street time, leading indicators out at 10. And sources telling Bloomberg that senior Chinese officials have pushed back on a set of proposed punishments for DD Global submitted by the nation's cybersecurity regulator, leaving the future of the troubled ride-hailing giant in limbo. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now it's time for a look at what's going on around the world. And here's Michael Barr. Michael. Thank you very much, Karen. President Vladimir Putin said Russia has taken control of Ukraine's Mariupol. However, a massive steel plant, which Putin ordered blockaded, was not stormed. More than 2,000 opposing troops remain holed up in the industrial complex in the strategic southern port city. The World Health Organization says that the number of reported new COVID-19 cases worldwide decreased by nearly a quarter last week. Meanwhile, the Florida court ruling that put a stop to mask mandates will be appealed by the Justice Department. In the NBA playoffs, the Celtics beat the Nets 114-107 to take a two-games-to-zip lead in their series. In MLB, the Yankees won. The Giants beat the Mets 5-2. The Red Sox lost. The Orioles shut out the A's one zip. In the NHL, the Capitals lost to the Golden Knights in overtime 4-3. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thank you. We're coming up to 620 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And central bank policy could be a major focus for investors today as Fed Chair Jerome Powell gets ready to speak for one last time before the central bank goes into blackout ahead of the May meeting. For more, we're joined this morning by Bloomberg Economics correspondent 
Michael McKee. Mike, great to speak with you this morning. Of course, a lot of attention on the rate path. Traders have pretty much baked in a half percent rate increase next month. Do you think Powell talks that one way or the other? Uh, He may allude to it. It isn't the main point of the event. It's sponsored by the IMF, and he's speaking on a panel with Christine Lagarde of the uh, European Central Bank. And I think, uh, in theory, it's what the economic outlook is. Now, what traders may do is try to read into his comments uh, how far they think he's saying the Fed is going to have to move interest rates and what the recession risk is. Uh, But they're pretty much set now with uh, the market's price in the 50 basis point move. So he, I would imagine, doesn't want to upset that thought too much. Are you expecting that we'll get some, what, more clarity on the outlook, given what we saw from the Beige Book yesterday, that it indicates an economy really firing on all cylinders and, of course, that feeding into price pressures? I don't think we get any more specifics on where they think the economy is going. I suspect uh, that he will highlight the uncertainties out there. We don't know how long the war in Ukraine is going to last and how much that's going to interrupt supply chains and COVID in China interrupting supply chains and high energy prices, a lot of things going on. Uh, so uh, he'll probably stick to the script that the U.S. is doing well and can afford a rate increase, but not be too specific about how soon we see the economy slow down. How much does the script get adhered to when we do see a number of major institutions, including the World Bank just this week, cutting forecasts for global growth? Well, the the cut in forecasts is sort of based on the idea that there are going to be tighter monetary policies around the world that are a result of the higher energy prices and inflation that we're seeing. So it's kind of circular. The Fed has anticipated this slowdown for a while now, and the the World Bank, IMF, are sort of joining in the consensus on uh, what's going to happen. But again, the real question is how long do these external problems last? Because the more uh, we have problems we have with the supply chains and the higher inflation is for energy, the tougher it is on Europe, and then uh, the Europeans maybe buy less stuff from the United States. It's a giant feedback loop. And I guess there's a a big question as well about how much of an impact uh, central bank policy can have really on cooling inflation when it is driven so much by externalities like the supply chain pressures. That's a problem. And a lot of people are going to be watching the Fed to see if they can thread this needle because, as you say, it's a lot based on supply. Uh, Demand is the only thing they can really control, so they will try to ease demand enough so that it matches what the supply is, but that's kind of hard to do when uh, you don't have control over what the supply is going to be, and you don't know what the supply is going to be. Their goal is to try to uh, cool the economy just enough that we don't see a big rise in unemployment. That's never happened before when the Fed has tightened. But uh, this time could be different, I suppose, because everything about this time is different because it's all uh, COVID caused uh, at the root of it. And that's certainly the case in our last 30 seconds here. What's the sense within the Fed about whether the new framework for uh, overshooting inflation for a time, at least the target, makes sense in the in, in in the context of a pandemic recovery, they still argue that it is a good framework and they're going to stick with it. Some people think that's going to have to change down the road once they bring inflation down. But their argument is that otherwise we get 
sort of stagnant growth and the marginalized people, minorities, uh, don't get the benefits of an economic expansion. So we'll see how it comes out on the other side once we see how inflation comes down. Yeah, going to be a very interesting conversation to watch that panel discussion at the IMF with uh, Fed Chair Jay Powell and European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde. Bloomberg Terminal customers can watch that panel discussion at Live Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. Looking ahead to the market open, S&P futures are up 33 points right now. Dow futures up 210. NASDAQ futures surging right now up 145 points or 1%. Ten-year Treasury down 1030 seconds, the yield 2.87%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, more clouds than sun, upper 50s today. Uh, we'll get near 70 tomorrow with sunshine. Back in the low 60s, partly sunny by Saturday. Right now, 47 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and we're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers Global Analyst. It helps you find new global investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies that may have greater growth potential. Try IBKR Global Analyst today at ibkr.com slash GA. Up first, Russian President Vladimir Putin says his country has taken control of the Ukrainian port city of Mariupol as it continues it's offensive in the east and south. Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky says the situation remains severe. Well, meantime, Karen, Russia test-fired a new intercontinental ballistic missile yesterday. A day earlier, Pentagon spokesman John Kirby discussed Russia's nuclear arsenal and the U.S. defense capabilities. We are actively monitoring every single day. And even today, the secretary remains comfortable that we have uh, an appropriate strategic deterrent posture in place. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby released a statement yesterday saying the U.S. knew the missile test was happening and did not deem it a threat. Well, Nathan, saying in Washington, the CDC has asked the Justice Department to appeal a judge's ruling that threw out a mass requirement for planes and public transportation, setting up a court battle over the decision. The department said earlier this week it stood ready to appeal the ruling. Well, turning to the economy, Karen, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell speaks publicly for the final time before the Fed's blackout period, which begins Friday at midnight. Powell may reinforce bets the Fed will raise interest rates a half percentage point next month. Powell will speak at an event today before taking part in a panel hosted by the International. Monetary Fund. And to the markets now, Nathan, shares of Tesla up more than 7% in early trading following a robust earnings report. And we get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Tesla's reporting a record profit for Q1, boosted by strong demand for its electric vehicles. And despite industry-wide supply chain challenges for key components like semiconductors and high prices, CEO Elon Musk says Tesla should be able to make up for any production shortfalls. So to help mitigate the effect of all that, the company has been raising vehicles prices. And Musk predicts Tesla is on track to expand production to more than 1.5 million vehicles this year. That's compared with about 936,000 deliveries last year. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. 
All right, we need to thank you. After reporting disappointing earnings, Netflix plunged 35% yesterday. Right now, the shares are down another 1.4%. And AT&T is up 1.1%. It's earnings just crossing the Bloomberg, and they beat analysts' expectations. That's the five things you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Local headlines straight ahead. All right, thank you, Karen. 633 on Wall Street, 47 degrees in Central Park. That overturned tractor trailer on the northbound New Jersey Turnpike. Still the issue of the morning. We'll get you the details shortly in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New Jersey begins legalized recreational pot sales today. Amy Cachalia of the ACLU says the law also has a reach-back effect to when it used to be illegal. After decriminalization was signed into law, our court started the process of expunging over 360,000 marijuana-related records for people across the state. Amy Cachalia with the ACLU. Meanwhile, legal pot is off limits to police officers. With COVID cases spiking across the country, New York is keeping its mask mandate in place at JFK and LaGuardia and on public transit. Governor Kathy Hochul. We're not panicking about this. We're not changing. But we also want to make sure that we're hard, so smart about this. Governor Hochul, a suspect is dead and a police officer critically injured in what police in Yonkers say was a gun investigation arrest gone bad. Yonkers Police Commissioner John Muller said cops were following a lead when their three suspects ducked into a bodega. When police followed them into the store, Muller says one tried to flee and shot the detective. He was shot once in the in the stomach. He has damage to his uh, colon, his intestines, and his kidneys. Commissioner Muller says the suspect was shot and killed by another officer at the scene. The Florida House is expected to take up a bill today repealing a law allowing Walt Disney World to operate as a private government over its properties in the state. The GOP-led state Senate has passed the bill escalating the feud with the entertainment giant over its opposition to what critics call the don't-say-gay law. The Speaker of Florida's House, Representative Chris Sprouls, spoke with Bloomberg's Joe Matthew about the law. Yeah, their own city. They run it themselves. They tax themselves. They have the ability to build a nuclear power plant. Uh, That is nothing that is given to any corporations. That is something that was specifically done for Disney uh, way back when, and candidly was just never revisited um, after the constitutional changes that happened in the 60s. Representative Sproul spoke with our Washington correspondent, Joe Matthew, on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. on Bloomberg Radio. The proposal could have huge tax implications for Disney, whose series of theme parks transformed Orlando into one of the world's most popular tourist destinations. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Michael, thank you. Just about 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stashauer is here with the Bloomberg Sports Update. Thanks, Nathan. The Nets coming home after two losses in Boston. They certainly could have won both games, lost the series opener at the buzzer, and led game two by 17 points. Never trailed until the fourth quarter when the Celtics had a 23-4 run. Boston won 114-107. Nets are not going to win when their two-star struggle. And Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving together in the second half. Shot one for 17. KD also had a subpar game one. He was asked how the Celtics are defending them. Playing two or three guys only sometimes when I'm off the ball. They, you know, mucking up actions when I run off stuff. is. I see Horford leaving his man to come over to hit me sometimes. They just playing two or three guys hit me wherever I go, you know. And that's just 
the nature of the beast in the playoff. Game three Saturday night at Barclays. Philadelphia won an overtime at Toronto to go up three zips. Chicago won at Milwaukee to tie up that series. Mets starting pitching has been so good. Not last night. Giants got to Chris Bassett for three first inning runs and Brandon Belt homer in the second. The Giants won five to two. Mets shut out until the seventh inning. Day game today at City Field and Buck Showalter will be back managing. He missed last night due to a medical procedure. Yankees have a matinee in Detroit going for the sweep. They won 5-3. Five strong innings from Luis Severino, a home run for Anthony Rizzo. Go-ahead RBI single, seventh inning by Isaiah kiner Falefa. Jay Wright left Hofstra 22 years ago for Villanova, where he became a Hall of Famer as he coached the Wildcats to two national championships. Wright surprisingly retiring at age 60, and Villanova is replacing him with Fordham coach Kyle Neptune, who until a year ago had been a Villanova assistant. John Stash Hour, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thanks. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market with Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Creedy Gupta. Obviously, Creedy Tesla has been a big stock to watch this morning. Yeah, absolutely. TSLA is your ticker, up 7.2%. This comes after record first quarter profits that, of course, beat those estimates. But they're also predicting production that's going to grow at a very fast clip for the rest of the year, despite those supply chain challenges. Now, Nathan, we know that one of the big issues when it came to Tesla was its Shanghai factory that had gotten shut down with the COVID lockdowns there. And remember, Shanghai actually is really important to Tesla's bottom line because the margins are much better in Shanghai. The supply chain is localized. It's very close. So if you need to get, say, metal or if you need to get chips, it's in the region. I think the closest uh, metal factory that uh, Tesla actually uses in Shanghai is only a couple miles away from the actual Tesla factory. So this was a really significant piece. Um, but they're actually saying that Tesla's on track to expand production to more than 1.5 million vehicles this year. That's about 60% growth and should make up for any production losses in the first half of the year from that Shanghai shutdown. Remember, they're also uh, ramping up a factory in Austin, Texas and Berlin as well. So um, really all good news from Tesla and analysts. Very upbeat about it. TSLA up 7.2%. Yeah, we're also seeing some uh, upbeat sentiment for the airlines this morning. Very interesting there. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be an earnings story. Remember, airlines have been struggling to really get uh, kind of a hold of, of the profitability story. Uh, but United coming out after the bell, I think really got overshadowed by Tesla, but still some good earnings. UAL up 8%. Uh, they forecasted a profit for the year after a first quarter loss. Uh, consumers basically planning more summer travel, but also a ramp up of business travel. And we know business travel is where you get a lot of the uh, profits or a lot of the kind of lucrative business for some of these airlines. And remember, this comes in the face of really high jet fuel costs. Inflation still playing them, but they're saying, you know, we can overcome it just given that business travel addition. So once again, UAL is your ticker up 8%. Nathan, we're also watching American Airlines this morning. They are due to report earnings uh, expected to be around the similar lines of United. We also heard from Delta uh, that the profitability story is there as well. Nevertheless, airlines as a whole, UAL up 8% for United, DAL for Delta up 2.5%, and American Airlines, AAL up 5%. When we get those earnings headlines, we will, of course, bring them to you. Absolutely. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta keep it on top of all the earnings and the stocks moving in the pre-market. Looking ahead to the open, futures are moving higher right now. We have S&P futures up. 35 points. Dow futures up 215. NASDAQ futures leading the way with a gain of 154 points or 1.1%. Tenure Treasury down 1030 seconds. The yield 2.87%. Yield on the two-year 2.61%. More weapons coming to Ukraine and the mask mandate in the air. 
That's to be challenged. Bloomberg's Anne-Marie Hordern joins us from the nation's capital next. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. More clouds than sun today with a high near 60. Could hit 70 tomorrow with sunshine. It'll be partly sunny, low 60s by Saturday. Right now, 47 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update brought to you by BNY Mellon's Pershing. Learn why the world's most sophisticated wealth management and institutional firms rely on Pershing to help them improve profitability, create efficiency, attract talent, and manage risk at Pershing.com. Futures on the rise this morning. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are firmly in the green right now, helped by positive earnings from Tesla. Dow futures currently up 217 points. S&P's gained 36. Well, now. NASDAQ futures rise by 161. The U.S. 10 yield at 2.87%. Gold is down 12. Oil trading higher. And Bitcoin is up by 1.8%. Hong Kong fell 1.3% overnight while European markets are in the green, led by gains in France and Germany. Back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, U.S. initial jobs claims and Philly Fed. After the bell last night, Tesla did report EPS beat estimates. Shares are up 7% in the pre-market. Regarding earnings this morning, AT&T EPS beat estimates. And in other news, Bill Ackman sold his Netflix position after losing about $435 million. Wrapping things up over at RBC, Chevron was cut to sector perform. Exxon raised to outperform. And Tesla's price target was raised to eleven seventy-five. Live from the First Rebecca News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. President Vladimir Putin declared that Russia had seized Ukraine's Mariupol, even as his defense minister said more than 2,000 opposing troops remain holed up in an industrial complex in the strategic southern port city. Putin, in a televised meeting, says taking control of such an important center in the south as Mariupol is a success. In the NBA playoffs, the Celtics beat the Nets 114-107 to take a two-games-to-zip lead in their series. In MLB, the Yankees won. The Giants beat the Mets 5-2. The Red Sox lost. The Orioles shut out the A's one zip. In the NHL, the Capitals lost to the Golden Knights in overtime 4-3. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. The following commentary is from Bloomberg Opinion. Truman, I'm Jonathan Bernstein, a columnist for Bloomberg Opinion. All unpopular presidents look to Harry Truman. Joe Biden has more reason than most to do so because Truman symbolizes the difference between contemporary public opinion and historical reputation. I'd give Biden an incomplete so far, with a reasonable case that his accomplishments will look better in retrospect. Biden is more likely to be remembered for ending a misguided war in Afghanistan than botching the exit. So far, Biden seems to be doing an excellent job of keeping NATO together against Russia. Legislative productivity during Biden's first two years may also seem better in hindsight. Despite the demise of much of the Democrats' aspirational agenda, plenty of legislation has passed. Biden deserves considerable credit for simultaneously restoring the normal operations of the White House and the executive branch, while also bringing in a far more diverse group of governing professionals than ever seen before. 
There's a lot more, and again, it's way too early to tell. I'm confident, however, that we won't learn much about it from his current approval ratings. I'm Jonathan Bernstein. For more opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And you can hear Bloomberg Opinion commentaries every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios where it's coming up to 651 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include President Biden promising even more heavy weapons to Ukraine as Russia declares victory. In Mariupol, the Justice Department saying it will appeal the travel mask ruling and Secretary Yellen walking out of a G20 meeting as Russia speaks. Let's get more on all these stories now. Bloomberg Washington correspondent Anne-Marie Hordern joins us live from our 991 studios in Washington, D.C. Anne-Marie, good morning. Obviously, if it does turn out to be true that Russia has taken Mariupol, it would be a major turn in the war. What are we hearing at this point from the White House? Good morning. So we haven't heard just yet from the White House on Mariupol specifically, but the president is going to be giving an update on Ukraine at 9.45 a.m. And we have reported earlier this week that we were expecting the administration to announce another $800 million in weapons and support for Ukraine. So this could be a moment for the president to discuss what is going on and really a response because we heard from President Putin Already this morning, a televised meeting with his defense minister, Sergei Shoigu, and he said taking control of such an important center in the south as Mariupol's success, we should know that there are still 2,000 opposing troops in an industrial steel plant. And Putin had said that uh, he doesn't want to bombard it right now, but he wants it blocked. So in his words, not even a fly could get through. So it sounds as though those weapons can't come soon enough. And we have heard from Ukrainian officials, not the least of which President Zelensky, saying that the weapons aren't coming in quickly enough. How is the White House reacting to that? Well, the White House has sent now billions of dollars to Ukraine in terms of weaponry. The the one red line really has been fighter jets and, of course, the call for a no-fly zone. This is something that the administration has yet been willing to do. Um, I believe Kiev at the moment is taking aim at some others, though, like Germany. And I spoke to the German finance minister about this yesterday and asked, why are you so reluctant to send in this heavy weaponry? And he really set off these three conditions for it. One being that they want to make sure they're doing it alongside allies. Two, that it doesn't draw down their stock so much that they don't have enough to defend their to NATO territory. And that the third was that legally it doesn't look like they're involved in this war, legally. So potentially there could be some swapping. I saw this morning on one of the wires about Slovakia discussions with Germany. Maybe Slovakia will send more Soviet error uh, weaponry and then they would get restocked from Germany. Uh, and on top of the uh, w- weapons support for Ukraine, we're also seeing some uh, pretty dramatic uh, symbolic support for Ukraine with this walkout at the G20. How big a deal yeah. was this for uh, Secretary Yellen and other finance ministers to do this? Well, I think uh, you hit you hit the nail on the head when you said it's symbolic, right? Uh, Russia is still part of the G20. Their finance ministers and other officials are giving speeches are vir- are attending these virtual meetings but it's it is uh you know quite striking to see the secretary of Tre- uh, treasury secretary janet yellen other finance ministers you had individuals like obviously ukraine's finance minister alongside her but also the ecb president christine lagarde federal reserves jay powell andrew bailey of the boe paolo gentiloni a number of these in- individuals and, and i i would uh, urge our listeners to look at canada's finance minister freeland's twitter because she posted a 
picture of those who participated in this walkout. Now, we are going to hear from Secretary Yellen today, and I imagine the message is going to be more about how these sanctions are impacting and crippling the Russian economy. It was very interesting to see that picture from Christia Freeland. All the uh, finance ministers masked, which leads into the next Uh story about mask mandates and now an appeal of that decision that uh, basically lifted the masks on uh, public transit. Yeah, it's been very confusing, right? Following exactly what is happening at that, as a U.S. district judge earlier this week made that revoked the national mask mandate. So everyone's been confused. But now we have firmly from the Justice Department last night saying it is going to appeal that Florida judge's ruling. And really, Nathan, it's been all about the pointing to the CDC. So they said that they were going to wait and see what the CDC had to say. And the CDC, their quote is that it's continuing the assessment that at this time, an order requiring masking in the indoor transportation corridor remains necessary for the public health. This really comes down to CDC arguing that trains, airports, they're unique in terms of disease vectors, as you have a lot of people jammed up against each other. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of political pressure on both sides to discuss this. Uh, but really, it comes down to what does this mean for the future? What if they have to have a mask mandate in the future for something else? And I think that is really why the Justice Department is going to make this appeal. Bloomberg Washington correspondent Anne-Marie Hordern. Thanks for this. Good talking with you this morning. You can read more about all these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal and follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington at Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Karen. All right, Nathan, sounds good. It is 6.56 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. Ranked top 50 national public university by U.S. News and World Report and a top 10 for best career placement among public schools by the Princeton Review. More at njit.edu. And now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. The Justice Department will appeal a federal judge's ruling that threw out a mask requirement for public transportation. That sets up a legal fight that could last beyond the midterm elections. Many airlines have now dropped their own mask rules, but some transit operators have left the requirement in place. The World Health Organization says that the number of reported new COVID cases worldwide decreased by nearly a quarter last week. The agency said that the trend should be interpreted with caution because several countries are changing their testing strategies, which results in lower overall numbers of tests performed and cases detected. The countries with the highest reported case numbers last week were South Korea, France, and Germany. The highest number of new deaths were reported by the U.S. And Hong Kong is beginning a slow path back to normality as the city's worst COVID outbreak wanes. Gyms and sports facilities reopened today after being closed since January. Restaurants will stay open later and people can meet in larger groups. More restrictions will be eased in the next few months if new cases keep dwindling. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Futures this morning, higher. S&P futures up 35 points. Dow futures up 220. NASDAQ futures up 153. And the 10-year Treasury down 11.30 seconds. The yield 2.87%. Yield on the two-year 2.61%. And Bloomberg Surveillance is straight ahead with Tom Keene, Jonathan Farrell, and Lisa Abramowitz. For Nathan Hager, I'm Karen Moscow, and this is Bloomberg. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.